Are you frustrated with your government contracting journey? Do you feel like there's just something missing in your business, but you just can't put your finger on it? Are you finding enough opportunities? Are you struggling to win the few opportunities you do find? Do you have a plan of attack or a strategy for this market? Would you like somebody to review your current approach? Maybe it's time to consider getting a coach. Our team of coaches have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. We've figured out how to help companies just like you accelerate in this market. Market. If you want to find out if coaching is for you, go to federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today and fill out a coaching application. I will personally respond to your application and schedule a time for us to talk about your business. There's no cost for the session. There's no obligation. There's no hard sell or anything like that. What I will guarantee you is I will review your top challenges and give you detailed advice. And if coaching makes sense for you, I'll walk through your options. Visit federal-access.com forward slash govcon coaching today to get started. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with another great episode of Game Changers for you. And today we have a very special guest. I've got Matthew Schoon over here. He's the managing partner at Co-Prince Law. A lot of you are very familiar with Stephen. Stephen has kind of stepped away from the day-to-day in his practice and our good friend Matthew is now taking over the reins over there. So first of all, congratulations for that, Matthew. And uh, we're, I'm going to let you tell everybody a little bit about yourself what you've been doing there, because you're not brand new to Co-Prince Law. You've been around for a little while. That's that's correct, and and thank you so much for having me today for for the opportunity to come on and and speak. And and yes, my name is Matthew Schoonover. I'm the new managing partner at at Co-Prince Law, and and I'm sure most of your listeners are are well aware of Steve and and all of his expertise. And recently, Steve decided to uh, retire from the active practice of law. And, and trusted me with, with the reins of the firm, for which I am very, very grateful. Uh, I've been with Steve pretty much since the firm opened its doors in 2015. I joined uh, just, just the following month after, and along with Steve have been, has, have been representing uh, clients uh, in their work with the federal government as, as contractors. Our client base here is primarily small businesses, and we assist them in all matters uh, or just about all matters relating to their work with the federal government. Uh, We'll counsel them through regulatory compliance issues, be it the FAR, uh, the SBA's regulations for size or socioeconomic programs, uh, the VA's regulations. We'll counsel them through uh, issues under their prime contract or, or any federal subcontract and counsel them through bid protests, size protests, socioeconomic protests or claims and appeals. So I, I've been very honored uh, to work with Steve and to learn from Steve and I'm certainly even more honored that, uh, that he has uh, seen fit to, to name me as his successor. Yeah, no, that, that, that's awesome. And we, we've done a handful of podcasts with Steve and really enjoyed those. I think our listeners have really enjoyed those. And one of the reasons that we chose to work with your team is we always tell people when you are in government contracting and you need an attorney, you need to go somebody who specializes in this. You don't take your government contracting needs to your attorney that does like your will. 
You know, like you don't do that. They probably have no clue and are just going to dig you a really bad hole. You guys are experts in this. And, you know, between the two of you, you've written a couple of books. uh, You speak all the time all over the place. You guys are authority figures in this realm here. And we really appreciate having you on and working with your team. And I always tell people it's it's not like you guys paid me to, to come on and say that. But we just we really appreciate what you guys are doing in this market and that's why we have you on and for people that are not familiar with co-prince law you know it says a lot that that Stephen endorses you it says a lot that we endorse your whole team and I, I want people who are listening to feel comfortable if you need some help in this area to reach out to Matthew and his team because they, these guys are experts in this and so um, what I what I want to do today is we were talking the other day about the Runway Extension Act and in fact I had heard you know, similar pieces uh, about what we're going to talk about today without the term the Runway Extension Act and when you as as you were kind of articulating the, the whole scenario of what's kind of going down in the government I was like yeah I bet there's a lot of people that have no clue what this is or how this may impact them. So we brought you on today so you could tell us, number one, what the Runway Extension Act is, but what some of these um, these changes are that are going on with this so that small businesses can be aware of it. So why don't you kick things off, let people know what is the Small Business Runway Extension Act? Well, certainly, and thank you again very much for those kind words. And, and yes, the Runway Extension Act, or... Uh, as it's officially called the Small Business Runway Extension Act of 2018, uh, has the potential to itself be a game changer for small business federal government contractors. And what the Small Business Runway Extension Act does is, in a nutshell, it changes the size calculation period uh, for uh, contractors uh, under services-based NAICS codes. So as, as it existed before the Runway Extension Act, uh, those size uh, or size was calculated under a three-year rolling average of those companies' receipts. And now following the Runway Extension Act, Congress has mandated that it instead be increased to a five-year rolling average of receipts. Mm. So really it changes the basis or it changes how the SBA is going to calculate whether or not a company is actually a small business. And are you saying, I thought I caught that, that you were saying it's, it's primarily service-based businesses? So if I sell like products, this is not going to affect me? Well, the, that is correct, at least as it, as it relates to the Runway Extension Act itself. The act itself, uh, what it did is it, it, the act is very, very short. It has basically two operative sentences, believe it or not. Uh, The first operative sentence says, this is the Small Business Runway Extension Act. And the second operative sentence is the the act statute uh, or the the act substance itself. That Hmm. uh, uh, sentence uh, amends, it says section 3A2C uh, Romanet 2.2 of the Small Business Act is amended by striking three years and inserting five years. That's it. That's all the mm. act says. Um, and so you 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 have to go into the Small Business Act uh, to determine what the overall effect of the Runway Extension Act is. And when you trace down uh, that provision, 
which is section 632A to sub C, uh, that particular provision, yes, applies only to services uh, NAICS codes. Oh, wow. That, well, that, and that's one of the things I think a lot of people misunderstand about things just like this is they think it's a broad brush that affects every type of business. So they really have to dig in a little deeper to figure out if this affects them or, or if it doesn't. So it, it, am I right by saying size is determined based on the, that five-year average now? Is that how the size is determined? Well, yes and no. Uh, it depends on who you ask. So the biggest news that we have had with the Runway Extension Act since it was passed um, or the biggest question we have had about it is whether or not the act is presently effective. Uh, there mm. is good reason to believe, uh, in my opinion, uh, that the act is presently effective. That is, the act was signed by President Trump on December 17th, 2018. Uh, and it does not itself, uh, the act itself does not include an effective date. For example, it doesn't say, you know, beginning on January 1st, 2019, or beginning December 17th, 2019, uh, change the receipts calculation to five years. It just says, change the receipts calculation to five years. And under longstanding principles of statutory interpretation, when an act does not otherwise specify an effective date, it is deemed effective upon the president's signature. So mm. in my mind, under that longstanding principle, there is a good argument for uh, uh, believing that the Runway Extension Act was effective December 17th, 2018. The problem with that is uh, the SBA doesn't yet agree. And the SBA is, uh, of course, the organization or the entity that determines or that calculates a company's size that applies that uh, provision of the Small Business Act. So uh, the SBA has had differing reasons for not giving it effect. But the primary reason why the SBA believes the act is not yet effective uh, as, as we are currently discussing this in, uh, in mid-June 2019, is that uh, up until now, the SBA has not amended its regulations to actually account for the five-year calculation period. That is, throughout the SBA's regulations, uh, it, still note, or it still says that size under a receipts-based SNAKES code will be calculated over a three-year average of the firm's annual receipts. Uh, and so the SBA's position is that until it amends its regulations, uh, the Small Business uh, Runway Extension Act is not yet effective. Yeah, this, it, and this is not the first time we've seen where the SBA has a different opinion on something like this. I believe it was in the NDAA uh, last time where there was something around subcontractors and different things and it's in a couple of the podcasts we've done and so it's, it's interesting the the confusion the government seems to have over what it's got out there and like you said the effective date which the way you described that totally makes sense that since it didn't specify a date it would in effect be active upon the president's signature so that that absolutely makes a lot of sense uh so that i think it's it's hard for for small business to figure out which way they're going to be classified so i, I guess part of the 
the question if I'm a small business owner listening here is if this is actually beneficial to me, so if they look at the five-year average and it's more beneficial to me than the last three-year average and I want to be classified and the SBA comes back and says, well, we're only looking at the last three years and you're actually large now, I'm wondering if there's a way to fight that and, and push and push this on the five-year average. I think that there is. Certainly, if the SBA finds um, a company to be an other than small business, be it under, you know, three years or five years, there are appeal options for that company. If, if the, that company can first uh, appeal the matter to the SBA's Office of Hearings and Appeals, it is an internal adjudicative body uh, at the SBA that will essentially determine whether or not a size determination was clearly erroneous or should be upheld, um, either due to an error of fact, of, uh, fact or law. And so uh, if, if the OHA uh, uh, itself denies an appeal, then that company can then go to court of federal, uh, the Court of Federal Claims and argue before a judge, hey, based on these regulations uh, or the Small Business Runway Extension Act, I believe that I should be a, a small business. We haven't yet uh, seen either the OHA or the Court of Federal Claims issue a decision about whether or not the Runway Extension Act uh, should should be given immediate effect. And let me say, I've uh, you know we've been had written posts on Small GovCon uh, that are um, not very excited about the SBA's rationale. Uh, for for not applying the Runway Extension Act. I, I tried to say that as diplomatically as possible. Uh, um, Good job. Thank you. Uh, but I, I think it's it's fair to say that the SBA was, was put in a little bit of a tough spot by the Runway Extension Act. That is, you know, it was, it was signed on December 17th, 2018. And if you recall, you know, shortly after that, uh, the government partially shut down. Right. And right. and so the SBA was was shut down uh, virtually immediately after the act uh, was signed into law. And so when it when it gets back, you know, to the office, it's all of a sudden got a deal with uh, perhaps implementing the Runway Extension Act. And, uh, you know, this this aspect, you know, this three years is is ingrained in a lot of uh, places in its regulations. So certainly. Uh, amending regulations is no easy feat. Right. Uh, but I think, again, that there are good legal reasons uh, to conclude that perhaps the Runway Extension Act uh, should control over those regulations. In fact, it's another well-established principle uh, that a statute trumps, pardon the pun, but a statute trumps an inconsistent regulation. And so to the extent the Runway Extension Act uh, calls for one thing, or I guess uh, more precisely, the Small Business Act as amend amended by the Runway Extension Act calls for one thing, and the SBA's regulations call for something else, in my mind, the amended Small Business Act uh, should control. Mm. And, and so the SBA, I'm sure, has, has very good policy reasons why it has not yet implemented the Runway Extension Act, but I'm just not sure that those policy reasons necessarily control over the legal reasons to conclude that it it it, it is or it should be immediately effective. Mm -hmm. 
No, that, that, that makes sense. And, you know, I, I hadn't really thought about the, the shutdown affecting that. It, in my mind, it's been so long since the shutdown, but yet it was uh, it's in recent history uh, compared to this podcast here. So, you know, one question that I know a lot of people are, are thinking about is, is, it doesn't sound like there's a downside to this if I'm a small business owner. In fact, it sounds like it's all upside. So I guess the, the question is, you know, does the act benefit all of these small businesses? It sounds like it does. What What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think I think that that was the point of Congress or that that's what they assumed when they passed the Runway Extension Act. That is, when you when you read the legislative intent behind the Runway Extension Act, uh, Congress is saying, listen, we want to give companies more time uh, to remain a small business uh, so that they're not immediately dealing with the shock of suddenly becoming a large business and being placed in uh, a competitive pool that they might not be prepared for. Uh, and, and that's a very noble goal. And it, it works, I think, for a large set of companies. That is, the act assumes that perhaps uh, these small businesses will have business that is growing over the course of the past mm. five years. You know, they start out smaller and continue to work their way up. And that's the way we normally think about that. And of course, as a, as a business grows, uh, then perhaps extending that receipts calculation period further back so that they capture some of those smaller years in their calculation will in fact help them remain a small business. But consider the inverse. Consider a situation where perhaps a company has had declining business or declining revenues. Uh, you know, maybe five years ago they were going gangbusters and this year they're uh, very, very close to, you know, perhaps bankruptcy. In that case, it's, it's possible that a, a lengthened calculation period going back into the good years would keep this company large when it's more recent um, uh, receipts would indicate that it's a small business. Mm. So there is some potential downside to the Runway Extension Act that maybe might not have been uh, thought out by Congress in passing it. Um, but by and large, our input that we have received, you know, just anecdotally from, from businesses in the industry seems that, yes, the act should be a, a net positive overall. Yeah, no, that, that's what I would think. And uh, when you were talking about that scenario there, that's exactly the one that came to my mind of, hey, you, you did go gangbusters. And uh, there's actually a friend of mine who I was thinking about the other day. Their company has been churning along in in the lower millions of revenue, say 10, 20 million in revenue. But it was actually in their particular NAICS code, they've st they're just meeting the cutoff for small but they all of a sudden got a hundred million dollar contract. Mm -hmm. Now, now that that contract's going to skew some things, but they're not expecting to get those every year. But now there's this giant blip on their radar, and the question for them is, how long is this going to loom over us? And do we make the jump and go big and and stay big and go after those, or will we wind up, you know, again, it just being a blip on our radar? And so I, I think it's it's interesting to to think about becoming big and then trying to figure out how to get small again to be more competitive because 
I do see these companies that hit one out of the park out of nowhere and everyone's surprised and then they can't win one of those again. So they're, they're trying to figure that out. And now, again, they've got this giant blip on their radar that they don't know what to do with to, uh, to kind of adjust. So I guess the question I would have if I'm one of those companies listening is if that did happen to me, let's say four years ago or five years ago, we did hit it out of the park. Uh, we won a couple of contracts we didn't think we were going to win or the way the revenue stacked up, it all went into one year. And now the last four years after that have been declining. Is there a way to challenge the Runway Extension Act so that we can get our small business designation back? Is, is that an option? Well, not that I'm, I'm necessarily aware of is, is challenging the act itself. That is the, you know, the act was signed by Congress and, and or excuse me, passed by Congress and signed into law by the president. Um, and so the act is what it is. But I think it's important uh, for the community um, to explain to their uh, representatives perhaps impact of not only acts like this, but of regulations on, on their business. And if, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm absolutely sure that there are companies out there uh, that exist. And I think since the act was passed, given some of the industry input and, and frankly interest in the effect of the act, one of the things that we have seen Congress do recently is introduce a clarifying amendment to the Runway Extension Act that may give the SBA some uh, wiggle room to say, okay, in the cases where a, a, a company would be large under five but small under three, is there a way that you can you know, apply that three-year standard mm. to them? Uh, and and that will be important, that, that kind of, of discretion from the SBA. Now, again, as, as we're having this discussion, that is just part of a clarifying amendment. I'm not exactly sure if first if that will pass and two, how that will be implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is if it is something that would affect those businesses, then certainly watch that with with interest and and provide your uh, feedback to your representative. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say is, you know, if you are in one of those categories where, you know, you your status could be changed for one reason or another based on the three or the five year look back period. You know, you should be talking to to people in, in your district to to get them to understand what the potential challenge is, because I think it, it has a lot of merit to it. There, there's a lot of good reason to do it. And I think it will help more people than it hurts. But to have a clause of some sort that spells out, hey, this is kind of what happened. Maybe it's based on a percentage. You know, if your revenue has dropped over X number of percent or however it would would look, you know, then then the three year would apply or something along those lines. You know, I, I think there needs to be some common sense, which I know that's scary when you're talking about the government. <laughs> you know, let's put some common sense in there. But, yeah, I have seen a handful of things over the last couple of years that appeared as common sense approaches that just may not have been executed properly. And this sounds like one where there's enough wiggle room where there could be some challenges and where, you know, Congress needs to act on that and and not lock it down so tight, but, you know, get it to where there's some clarity around it and they understand the potential problems that are there. So I, I think that will... 
that will be good. So one of the, the thoughts that, I, that I'm curious about is given the way the government operates, you can literally be doing business at Fort Hood and the government treat you one way. I, and I'm lumping in the government as all the agencies, all the commands, all that kind of stuff. Every, anything where it was, it's going to go through government contracting, we're just lumping it all together. And so we could be doing business at Fort Hood and they're treating me one way. And then I call up, say, one of the Joint Forces Commands out in, in Norfolk, and all of a sudden they're, they're treating me a different way. Do you, do you see situations like that where a contracting officer is going to say, hold up, I think the look-back period on this is three years versus five years, uh, and, and, and put their two cents in it versus a, a small business just saying, well, look, we went to the SBA, and the SBA says we're small. Do, do you see that level of confusion where it's, it, it could be at the, the contracting officer's, uh, I don't say discretion, but where they have confusion about it as well? Do you see that happening? Well, I'm, I'm sure that contracting officers, yes, are, are probably confused over what is or is not a, a small business, particularly under the Runway Extension Act. Um, but really, I also see contracting officers, by and large, kind of wash their hands of that issue and say, that's up to the SBA. Um, and so long as the SBA says that you're a small business, you're a small business. Um, and so that's kind of how we see agencies handle things um, at, at their level. You know, they, they rightly, I think, punt that over to the SBA for their decision. And I guess the question still remains, though, is, how is the SBA going to make these determinations, right. it, which is vitally important because, you know, obviously that's going to lead to some bid or no bid decisions for some of these companies that, you know, are, are perhaps affected by this change from three years to five years. Mm -hmm. I guess the, the question some people would have in their mind right now is how will I know if I'm a small business? And that's that's the question that I, I have as well. So what I can say is that the SBA, again, as, as we're recording this in mid-June 2019, is, is still saying if you're small under three, uh, that's that's what we're considering. Um, and there's confusion about whether or not it's five years. And I, that is is part of, I think, the biggest news with regards to the Runway Extension Act is there are companies out there that are saying, I don't know if it's three years or if it's five years. I don't know if I'm eligible um, as a small business to bid on this opportunity um, or not. Or I don't know how to respond to this because it hasn't been decided. That's an unfortunate uh, drawback from, from this confusion. And I wish uh, I had a, a magic answer to give to people, and I, I just don't. And that's why I think this issue is so important and why I think um, it is ripe for some type of resolution either at, uh, at the SBA itself or um, through some type of an enforcement action by a court or um, through additional action by Congress. Because really there are just a lot of businesses that unfortunately – are kind of left in a lurch because of this. Yeah, that, and that's and that's very unfortunate. I think, you know, when I'm approaching things, I always approach it and look at it from what is the best for our company. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I would look at it and say, well, if, if three is better than five, then let's go with three. If five is better than three, let's go with the five year. 
And I would approach the SBA from that perspective as if the five is is the way we're going to calculate it. And I would try to push and fight for that. That's how I would do it. As a small business guy, as somebody who's aggressive in this, and I would say, look, here's here's what the president signed. Here's how it looks. You know, give me a reason why it's not. And I and I would fight for that if, if that's what it took. I don't think everybody's going to fight as hard as I would on, on something like that. And I would approach contracts the same way. I, and if a contracting officer said, well, hey, you know, under this or that, and they start bringing up details, hey, I'm not sure this is, you're going to fly under that, say, hey, look, here's the runway extension. <laughs> I would literally bring the documentation in on that until they, they punt it and say, well, you're going to have to go talk to the SBA because I don't think that's right, or, or we're going to have to kick you out and because of this reason. And I can see protests happening because of that from companies saying, well, hey, it's really three years, and other companies saying, oh, no, it's five years, and kind of going back and forth and starting to protest in some of these. So may, we hadn't really talked about that, but I can see that for people who are educated on this act, bringing that up during uh, the acquisition cycle and saying, no, this is not how this is calculated. And, Certainly. And, and both of them being right to a degree, you know, so somebody having to make a decision on that. Absolutely. And I think I, I think you you have hit the nail on the head, uh, you know, exactly square where you have companies that are saying, listen, OK, this solicitation says I've got to be a small business uh, listed by or, or listed in my SAM profile. And SAM accounts for, you know, three years and, you know, but I'm small under five and it won't even let me add that uh, information in there. What what can I do um, or you know, this this solicitation is otherwise worded in a way that would preclude me from bidding, even though I think I have a good argument one way or another that I'm a small business. Um, and you're right that ultimately some of these things are going to have to be decided uh, by a, likely a judge at some point. And, I, you know, I just haven't seen that case pop up yet, um, but it would certainly be something uh, that I think uh, the industry should watch because you know I've I've heard a lot of this confusion from from companies uh, that really want resolution on on this matter. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, you know, when people probably first saw the, the even the title of this podcast, they probably thought, you know, how's this going to impact me? And even I thought when we first started it, how's this going to impact a lot of people? And mm -hmm. the more you dig into this, you realize just how deep this can get into small business. And there's a, there's thousands of small businesses. So if you're a small business and you're listening to this or, you know, given the Runway Extension Act, don't even know if you're a small business and you're listening to this, you know, there's a good chance it could affect a lot of aspects of your business. And so here's what I'd like to do is I like to, to stay connected really close on this one with you, Matthew. And the first time you guys come across a case that it goes one way or another, you know, let's amend the podcast pages so that there's documentation on there about this. We'll put something out to, to our list as well. Because I, I do think this has the potential to impact thousands of people. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll keep our, our finger on this one tight. So last question for you here, and I'm going to combine this with your final thoughts, is what's next for the act? You know, what is next for that? And then any final thoughts you have for folks? Certainly. And I think I think what's next for the act is really this, you know, when does it apply and how does it apply? 
I think, you know, we may end up seeing some judicial opinions on this, and I certainly agree about uh, keeping the podcast updated, uh, and I'm happy to, to work with you to do that. We have been tracking the Runway Extension Act on small GovCon, and we'll continue to do so uh, because we do think that this is such an important issue. You know, on its face, it seems very simple. Okay, you've changed, you know, three years to five years. But as you said, this really has the uh, potential to impact a lot of businesses. And so the question of when and how it's implemented becomes vitally important, and we just haven't seen that guidance yet. So the, the issue is, I think, going forward, what happens next? And as I mentioned, Congress is aware of the uncertainty caused um, by uh, the Runway Extension Act and the fact that the SBA has not yet implemented it and has introduced a clarifying amendment uh, to, to address uh, that inability or that, that refusal to, to at least give it implementation thus far. And that clarifying amendment does uh, a few several or a few things, each of which is very important. First, it confirms or it would confirm uh, that the Runway Extension Act was effective December 17, 2018. And then it also instructs the SBA to amend its regulations by December 17, 2019. So it gives the SBA one year, one year in total, I should say, to actually amend its regulations. And by the way, uh, we have seen the SBA issue public statements saying that it is close to releasing uh, updated regulations. And we will certainly let uh, folks know on small GovCon when those regulations are released. We don't yet know uh, when that might be, but hope that they would come sometime here in the summer 2019. Uh, the clarifying amendment also, you know, we discussed at the very beginning of the podcast that the Runway Extension Act was limited uh, to only services uh, NAICS codes or, or the calculation for size under services contracts. Uh, the clarifying amendment would change that for uh, all other contracts too. It would make it clear that it's now five years uh, for those as well. So although we have focused on services contracts, know that if, if you have you know, a, a manufacturing contract that this might also change to five years and in fact, I think the SBA, as part of their proposed regulations, may go ahead and um, and do that. I'm not I'm not sure yet uh, whether or not that's the case. The other thing uh, that this clarifying amendment would do is provides uh, some type of transition plan for these businesses um, that may be small under three, but large under five. Kind of a limited transition for them. And then it also requires uh, uh, SAM to be updated, basically to reflect size under a five-year requirement mm -hmm. uh, in line with the Runway Extension Act. So really, as we're sitting here today, I haven't seen much of action on this clarifying amendment. So I don't know uh, what, what stage of the process it is in. If you're interested in following it, you can go to congress.gov and track HR uh, 2345. Uh, it's it's a, a bill that says clarifying the Small Business Runway Extension Act. Um, and it's been referred to the House Committee on Small Business for Action. Uh, so we'll continue to track that. Um, then the other thing I would note for folks is 
it's important for you to be aware of your size. Um, and that's very hard to do under the Small Business uh, Runway Extension Act. But certainly going forward, track it both under three and under five and start to plan for, you know, as, as perhaps your size grows, okay, here's, here's where I'm at, here's kind of how much wiggle room I need or I have. And so you can start to plan your, your acquisitions accordingly from there. Um, and so hopefully the Runway Extension Act, even though it is very uh, ambiguous now as to what applies. Hopefully, once it does apply, it'll make things simpler for small businesses. No, I, I think that's great. And, you know, a wealth of information on that today. And, and I, I don't know that I was expecting to get that deep into it. But I think we covered a lot of really good ground here for folks. And if, if we haven't made the case, let me make the final plea on your behalf here, Matt is, you know, if this is going to affect your business, if you're listening to this and it affects you, reach out to someone in your district and talk to them about this. Get active in it because that is the one thing that I think a lot of business owners, they just, they think they're powerless in this. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, if you pick up the phone, if you go meet someone who is working on one of these committees or whatever it may be, it's funny to me how many times I hear about a committee and I'm like, oh, well, let me see who's on the committee. And I'm like, oh, there's a representative from Illinois working on that committee. Hey, I'm in Illinois. I can pick up the phone and reach out to them. Or, hey, there's somebody in my district even. Uh, You know, that's even better when there's somebody in your district. And we're in a really small town in Illinois. There's about 5,000 people in my town. And we have uh, a couple of representatives and senators that are close by that show up all the time here in this little seat. We're in the county seat. And, you know, take the opportunity to go shake hands, talk to those people, and talk to them about how government is impacting your business. Even if it's just to open the door for a future conversation, I think getting active and talking to people in Congress, talking to your representatives, talking to these people so that they uh, they have some input from their own backyard. That's a big deal. Don't just sit by and let government, you know, create all these regulations, in, you know, in a vacuum. Get active and participate in that. You know, not just the ones that are going to affect you, but those are the ones where you really want to make sure you step up, you you have those, those conversations. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like talking to politicians. Uh, I get it, but that is how you affect change. You talk to these people and you start to get in their ear and explain to them the differences and why they need to, to, to fight for you. You know, that's, that's why we elect these people. So that's my, that's my soapbox there. And I, I completely agree. And I, I would go, uh, you know, perhaps even a half step farther and say, you know, share with them the success of the programs. If, if you're a member of one of these socioeconomic programs, if you're an A day or if you're a hub zone, a woman owned small business or an, a service disabled veteran owned small business, explain to them the benefit of that program, what it's doing for your business, how it's helping your employees, how it's helping to bring, frankly, money back to their district. Mm-hmm. Um, so that hopefully uh, these representatives will become more and more advocates for these programs, which we all know have such a great benefit uh, across the community. So certainly I I 100% echo that sentiment, you know, get involved, talk to your representatives and explain how this matters 
to you and to your employees. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they all have their own agenda until you put something mm-hmm. right in their in their face. And so that's what we're talking about doing here. So thank you so much for coming on today. I think we, we learned a lot and I think it'll help people be prepared for this one way or the other. And I just think we armed folks with a lot of really good information today. So thank you so much for coming on and educating us about the Runway Extension Act. Well, thank you so much. It, it was truly a, a pleasure to be with you today. And, and certainly I look forward to coming back on and, and hopefully explaining what the next steps uh, under the Runway Extension Act are once we know whatever those steps are. <laughs> yeah, yeah when, whenever. Yeah, we look forward to having you back on to talk about that. Thank you so much. Before we take off today, I want to ask everyone a simple question. Are you feeling stuck in your government business? Do you feel like you should be winning a lot more contracts, but just can't figure out how to bust through to the next level? Do you want to accelerate your results and hit your goals faster? Does that describe you at all? If so, I have a very special offer for all of our listeners today. Visit us at rsmfederal.com slash breakthrough coaching where you can schedule your very own business breakthrough session with me you're going to walk away from the session with three things a copy of the award-winning government sales manual at least three strategies to supercharge your business and some specific answers to your biggest challenges that are out there. Now, normally these sessions run about $495, but for a limited time for our podcast listeners only, you can schedule this session at no cost to you. So that's zero cost to schedule a session with me. Simply visit rsmfederal.com forward slash breakthrough coaching. And you'll be able to fill out an application. So scroll all the way to the bottom of that page, fill out an application that'll come directly to me. Then I'll reach out to you. We'll get our our session scheduled and we'll walk through some of the challenges that you're having, whether it's, you know, how to grow the business, your goal setting, um, specific challenges you're having in government. This doesn't have to be just about specific to growing any business, but you're going to walk away from the session, not only understanding how to approach the government from a better perspective, but you're going to walk away with a lot of confidence on what you need to do, what next steps you need to take to supercharge your government business so you can take the next several months, the next several years to a whole new level. So again, visit us at rsmfederal.com forward slash breakthrough coaching. You can uh, get an overview of what Breakthrough Coaching is all about. Scroll all the way to the bottom, fill out the application that'll come to me, and then I'll schedule your session for you. And last but not least, let me take a moment here. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. We really appreciate your support. Remember, you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for Game Changers for Government Contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. And be sure to tune in next time for lessons from our experts on how you can win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.